Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and in this episode, we discuss our experiences in watching video games versus playing them. Uh, so, Brett, uh, you know, I, I don't know how long it's been now, maybe six years, seven years. I, I could be mistaken, but it seems like about that, that, that streaming... Uh, being able to watch us to excuse me to watch games streaming has been available uh, with Twitch and YouTube and, and things like that. Does that sound about right? I mean, YouTube probably more than yeah. Uh, I, I would say like, but popular definitely like Twitch streaming probably about you're about right. And YouTube it wasn't as hugely popular, mostly because it was kind of niche. Like there were groups. I'd say probably as much as like ten or more years where there were some famous yeah i mean actually a little bit more than 10 years because that would be some of my first experiences were pretty early in like youtube gaming days that's fair when i was saying streaming honestly i was thinking about um about live streaming but really but really we're talking about watching so that's vods as well yeah i definitely say that that streaming probably closer to to about uh, seven seven to ten and then vods like 10 plus definitely okay and and popular streaming for sure definitely only within you know last five to seven years for sure is like popularized as a as a credible thing <laughs> right right um so yeah so you actually also have have actually done some streaming with the yeah. game levelhead yeah, i, have. I so have streamed a couple a couple games mostly levelhead i did do so, a few various other short streams and uh i did a quite a bit of youtubing as well so obviously you know streamers have kind of become the new celebrity hotness um i don't know if it's literally the newest <laughs> version way that you could become a celebrity or something but it seems to be um i i don't really so when it comes to me and watching streaming i don't really follow any one streamer like i you know i know who ninja is of course because he's all in the media i know who shroud is because right. i've ended up watching some of his streams on on twitch uh just because if you click on whatever the most popular game on twitch at any given time is and the number one stream on that game it's usually like shroud or, <laughs> right. or ninja or one of those guys so i've seen i've come across them in that way but i'm not you know followers of them um but what's your I, – you actually do follow more streamers and kind of are more into that scene a little bit. Is that Yeah, I mean, accurate? I follow a few. Um, so, I mean, we, we've we kind of, you know, hit on this topic a little bit before and kind of what we go to streaming for. Um, and there are some people that I follow more of kind of their their live Twitch stuff. But I would say for the most part, I probably follow more people on YouTube, even if they stream through Twitch. And that's just because I'm a, I like to pause kind of person. Like, I mean, if I want to get up and get a drink of water, if I want to do, you know, run outside for a bit or just kind of take a walk around, get away from the computer for a few minutes, I want to come back and be able to pick up right where I left off. And, well, and so are, are you, I don't mean to interrupt, but are, are yeah. you someone that's interested in, um, in interacting with the streamers or really you're just wanting to consume the content. Sometimes I think, I I think more often than not, I want to consume the content and that's because largely like I will interact with much smaller streamers. um, Like, you know, less than a hundred people in a chat room at a time. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more willing to interact or if I have, you know, you know, a reason to interact. 
Um, but on, on larger streams, I mean, I, I certainly don't have the, the money to be able to subscribe to everybody that I would want to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I give my likes and my subscribes and my comments on YouTube, you know, and, and help out where I can. <laughs> but I, I think that it, when you, on, on the really big streams, it's, it's like any massive chat room. It's kind of like shouting into the void. And right. I just, I, I, I don't want to, even if there, there have been times that I felt like I've had something important enough to say Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I still, I'm, I would feel bad copying and pasting the same thing in like two or three times in a desperate attempt to get it seen or like trying to pay for a text to speech sort of thing to try to even have a remote chance at it. It's just like, I mean, maybe that's, it, for me, it's just a little bit outside of my, my wheelhouse and I, I tend to be pretty tight with my disposable income. So yeah, <laughs> I'm cheap. I, uh, I actually, it's funny because I would think of myself as someone who doesn't really care to interact with the streamers. However, in in listening to you talk about that, I actually thought of a few different stories of times where I have interacted with streamers. Um, one, it has to be the ultimate small stream story because uh, there's a game called um, Dive Kick that is a fighting game oh, in which you can only jump and then dive, which then yeah. And the idea when it came out from the developers was that it was like the essence of a fighting game. Like we, you know, we, we, the Blizzard series that we did, we talked about how Blizzard kind of distills uh, the, the essence of what people really want out of a game and, and then just make the game that, um, which, you know, can be for better or worse, but, but that's what dive kick was supposed to be. It was like, it's got all the same ten- tension that a normal fighting game does it's got all that there's still frame counting that you can do. And it was like uh, one hit KOs too, wasn't it? Yeah, correct. It's just whoever it was landed. kind of, it was kind of, it, that was before like Nidhogg or one finger death punch or anything like that too. That was quite some time ago, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, one finger death punch is a single player game. Right. Right. I would but actually still say one like, finger death punch is more like a rhythm game. It's but, fair. Uh, That's fair. But yeah, um, Nidhogg is a, is a good example, but Nidhogg is much more, Nidhogg is, is still simple and there's not complicated um, move sets to memorize, but there's still some nuance and like you can block at different heights and attack at different height. You know, there's three different heights you can attack, you know, high, mid, low or whatever. Um, and then the jumping right. and yeah, I don't know. There's a lot, to, there can be a lot to Nidhogg <laughs> for That's as fair. simple as it is. Uh, whereas Dive Kick is just literally two buttons. You can't even move side to side like with the, the control oh, stick. okay okay yeah um well actually maybe that's not true that's no, probably i think not true. I, I think it may be because i think you you move diagonally by the correct the kick. by kicking right. right and then you can cancel the kick and then drop anyway a long a longer explanation than i meant to try and give a type <laughs> kick but, but the reason i did is because it's a really weird niche game it's true so one time i was i pulled it up and there's a couple buddies over and i was playing it and uh, one of them said, like, you should go online. So I went online and there's no match. Uh, so I went on Twitch and I found a guy st- live streaming dive kick. And so I joined the stream and I'm the only viewer. Oh, wow. And then I was I was like, hey, do you want to play online? And he was like, I mean, I guess. And I was like, all right, cool. I, I tried. And no one else is looking to so search for a game and I will, too. And so then we searched for a game, and then I actually just played head to head. That's <laughs> awesome. Which streamer? Yeah, that's <laughs> it was really just a cool. funny way to find a, a multiplayer match. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess I guess we should kind of kind of hop into a little bit of like the the 
the why we why and when we go to look for games because you and I are both kind of different in that way. Mm-hmm. So so what drives you to go to YouTube or Twitch to look for a game to watch? Um, you know, I was thinking about that too. And it's, it, you know, I, I guess it depends on what we're talking about. Cause if we're just talking about like content where someone is literally just like a let's play type thing where they're just actually playing the game and you're just watching someone play, then it, it it's kind of rare that I do that really. Now, if we're talking about, a review or a breakdown of like how a mechanic works in a game or um, almost like the documentary kind of thing, like the Ahoy series that you introduced me to. Right. I mean, would you include all of that kind of media in this conversation as well? Or do you mean more just watching someone play? I mean, I guess it's true that, you know, the documentary series does. They have gameplay footage in them. and 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 it is about gaming. Right. Um, I I would say like maybe that that while that's included in the conversation and I think that there is a very important place for that um I would almost look at that at least a little bit more like traditional media like it's still kind of a documentary format whereas yeah, I I would probably look at it as like why you would type a single game's name into like a YouTuber or Twitch like but, if you're or not like, or not a like, person, wow, like, how to beat raid boss. I mean, that would be. I mean, that could be a reason too. But like, basically, like watching footage of somebody playing a game with or without yeah. commentary. Yeah, I would say that largely for me, it's pretty rare that I would go and just watch someone play just just to watch them play. Um, right. Like my, my a buddy I hang out with all the time that is really into arc. Um, he watches, I mean, he's watched, I don't know, I think he said over 100 episodes, or I don't know, I, I might be making that number up, but he's watched a lot of hours of this guy named Slipgator that that makes edited um, arc videos. And when I say edited, I just mean like, it's basically a let's play, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not, if he plays for five hours, it's not a five hour video. He cuts it down to just the interesting bits and, and narrates it and that sort of stuff. Right. Um. And so I've seen that kind of stuff, but I, it's rare that I would go for it. I would say typically if I'm going to go look, it might be to see how it looks. Um, like there was a game called Absolver that came out in the last two years that is this. It's a it's like a fighting game MMO. So it's a fighting game, but as you, as you build and level your character, you learn different fighting moves and you build your own combos through the different moves that you learn. Right so it's almost kind of a little bit of card game in, in the way that the moves kind of work almost and get like assigned. Building a deck of moves. To yeah, exactly. Right exactly. On. So you're collecting different moves. So then what happens is like, instead of, you know, in a game like Mortal Kombat, for example, you know, a Scorpion move set, is probably different than Raiden's moveset. Like it's right. literally just different like buttons. The, the button combinations are separate. Right. And and maybe you use Y and X more in Raiden and you use A and B more in Scorpion or whatever, something whatever. like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, in Absolver, it's more like like the moves, like the combination button presses are the same and then you're just plugging your different move cards what happens. into okay. those. Exactly. So it's kind of an interesting game of like there, there is still timing and skill to it, but it's also 
this other meta game of whose move set is going to be the, the best because you're kind of designing that on your own because it's completely open-ended. Right. Anyway, all of that, uh, long explanation. <laughs> but it's it, it's mostly you fight like like small groups of NPCs and then you can duel against other players and you have to beat NPCs to learn new moves and all this. So uh, to me, at least, that sounds like a really fascinating idea for a game. Um, but the reviews on it are kind of mixed. And so I was looking at it and I was, it had just come out and I was really thinking about getting it. And so I logged onto Twitch and just looked for Absolver and just clicked on the top stream and then just watched that guy play it for a bit. And it actually did sway my decision to not buy it because in watching him play it, it just, it looked kind of slow and it looked just frankly kind of boring. Right. Um, what he was doing just didn't look like that, like that much fun. So I, I guess maybe maybe what I've just taken a really long time to say is that I I really go to this kind of content for informational purposes more than I do for entertainment purposes. That's fair. Maybe is the most succinct way to say that. And and I, it's kind of funny because I think that like we tend to be kind of opposite in in that way where I would not that I don't ever use it for reviews. I mean, some of my favorite most memorable times watching other people play video games have been some of the top reviewers like i followed total biscuit rest in peace for like forever and i think he was one of the first like him and jesse cox playing terraria uh i got into because like you would i'm pretty sure you introduced me to terraria but we were the hours that i was working kept me from really being able to play much games but i the position i worked was also uh, had a lot of downtime and I literally had just gotten my first smartphone, mm. maybe my second. And uh, and I was able to pull up YouTube on it and watch videos or download them at home and like put them on my phone and stack them up. And they right. Total Biscuit and Jesse Cox had a, a Terraria series, but you didn't watch that series for like how to learn how to play Terraria or even to review Terraria. Like Terraria was just a, a foundation in which comedy and drama unfolded. And, and that's, I mean, I really loved, I mean, it was great. Cause I mean, I liked Terraria cause you know, yeah, I enjoyed the game, but I think I, I didn't watch it because I wanted to learn how to play Terraria. In fact, a lot of times I, I had gotten, you know, further in the game than they had in, you know, a few hours of solo play versus 20 hours of them playing and and I would get frustrated over the gameplay, but you learn to just kind of let go of that and just enjoy enjoy it more like a sitcom sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But for me, like reviews, I, I have to be careful with because you know if I watch any more than like maybe five or ten minutes of a review, I can end up feeling like I've already seen everything that the game has to offer, and that will keep me from buying it. Yeah, I don't really watch a lot of video reviews now. The the time that I was where I was the most heavily invested in that there, I think the site still exists, but it's not the same for many years now, but starting in like, I don't know, seven Oh eight, somewhere in there, there was a website called game trailers.com. And obviously from the name they had game trailers, but they actually just had this insane amount of, of really, really high quality content. And I actually just kind of watched a, a short video the other day with some, or listened to a podcast, I guess the other day, from some of the guys who worked at GameTrailers.com during that time, and they were kind of explaining what happened. And, and basically, it was a, the website was owned by MTV. 
And so that's funny because I was going to say, is this like an MTV sort of thing where they started out having music and then ended up not? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It's not really that they always, they always did do game trailers. They just did way more. Really what happened was that um, it was before YouTube had really like YouTube was still limited to like 10 minute videos and, and that sort of stuff. And YouTube's content wasn't, wasn't dominated by professionals. It was still mostly people uploading for stuff sure. And like yeah. Music videos and that sort of stuff, but it wasn't video responses were still a thing. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> now, I mean, I, I mean, you can watch, I watch John Oliver on YouTube exclusively, you know what I mean? And I watch CNN clips and you know, it, all the right. professional media is there now anyway. So, uh, so this was also kind of a unique place to find this content because it wasn't, there wasn't a thousand video reviews available on YouTube at that time, at least not professionally done. And so they owned this IP, this, uh, not this IP, but this website and they wanted to do HD video. And since MTV was backing them, they basically just had unlimited resources and MTV said, yeah, that's fine. Just do what you want. And they like the studio executives, whatever you want to call it, didn't really pay attention that much. So they just kind of got free reign and just blank check to to just run with it. And so they did. They hired really good writers and they made excellent video reviews. And so that's really that's the awesome. time when I watched reviews the most. And they were done at the, with this really, really high level quality and 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 integrity. So there wasn't it didn't feel like a spoiler alert at all, you know. Right. Um, but then they also did like, and I, I mean, I, I can't recommend enough that people go and, and look these up because they're still brilliant. <laughs> they're still brilliant pieces, but like they did retrospectives on like, uh, the Zelda series where they build, they explain the timeline of all of the Zelda games and like explain where it fractures and there's multiple parallel timelines now and right. all sorts of stuff. That's just really interesting. And I've never seen anyone else do if anyone else has done that sort of a breakdown, it's not done at that level of quality. That's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've seen some stuff, but yeah, like I think there's, I'm trying to remember who does them now that I started watching, but I would have to, I'd have to go Google some, but there was a, there, there was a series, a similar series that's kind of more recent of a guy that, but they're a lot more of like a comedy style while mm -hmm. still trying to explore the information, but it's usually more tongue in cheek. Um, but I, I mean, I guess that does tie in. So you would say that for like most of your like gaming related video watching would be more kind of informative, like documentary style or reviews, like kind of yeah, bringing I mean, in that Ahoy type stuff would be more. Yeah, I mean, that's the version of entertainment that I get from it is more like a, an exploration of something. Um, right. And then, and then informative because I, you know, I, I really trusted game trailers reviews. Like I was really disappointed when they kind of got blown up and, and, and changed um, because I've never really found a video review that I've trusted reviewer that I've trusted as much as them. Like I felt like they were pretty much accurate every time. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't really, I mean, PC gamer is a review site that, I mean, they don't do video reviews as far as I know. So it's just, it's just reading. Um, so it doesn't really, not really relevant <laughs> as far as credible reviewers go. I mean, I, I, I like PC gamer pretty well. I don't really trust rock, paper, shotgun. I don't really trust Kotaku that well. I, I don't really have a reviewer that I just consistently trust. So now whenever I want to investigate a game, honestly, what I do is look at steam reviews and a lot, and then I'll go look at, at, I might go download a VOD or, or look at a stream 
just to kind of confirm what I've been reading or see right. how accurate what I've been seeing is. That's fair. Uh, which was like that Absolver story I told. That's what that was. That was people were, were had some kind of complaints about it, but I couldn't tell how legit it was. So then I went and watched it and like, okay, yeah, that's all that's valid. But I don't know. Um, I, I definitely tend to fall more into like, uh, I, I would, I, I hate saying it, but I guess it's like the drama side or like, more of a kind of a sitcom sort of side. Yeah, like, no, I don't. I, 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 I watch a lot of like here recently outside. Of, there's been like a couple of things. Like I get into like beats of I'll watch a whole lot of one content type of content for a while, and then until it just falls off and comes back in my YouTube stream, you know, six months later. But I got into here pretty recently a stint of watching uh, a guy Waylon, um, Twitch and YouTube, and he does a lot of Rust videos. Now, I have not played Rust. I probably never will play Rust, but I'm very interested in the game. And I actually really like the idea behind the game. I'm just not competitive enough, and I don't care that much about first-person shooters enough to really kind of get into it. But it's more than just, like, his gameplay. It's also the stories that he chooses to tell and why he tells them. Like, he very often goes in as this kind of like solo underdog versus the world sort of mentality and he like bullies the bullies right so he'll get onto a server find out who the biggest jerks of the server are and then find ways to troll them or raid them or you know and and he builds these narratives that can be you know 30 minutes to an hour long with good editing like solid transitions and and screen wipes and stuff good tone of voice and you could tell he scripts what he's going to say, but it doesn't feel like he's not scripting what's happening, though. What's happening is all, like, kind of real drama that's unfolding. And and he splices it in between, like, a narrative voice versus his actual in-game voice or his streaming, you know, footage. And it's just, it's interesting to kind of, the, I, I, I watch a lot of that type of content for the suspense and the drama and the comedy Whereas, I mean, or for a game that I like, but would otherwise not play. Yeah, so I think that's fair. And, you know, I think that um, I understand what you say when you say I, I hate to say it or something, but I don't I think that it, it's putting it in the wrong context because it's not it's it's not really the drama. It's just simply like a good show, exactly like you're describing. It's 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 not really any different than if you started watching, like you said, a sitcom or a TV show or whatever. It's just simply entertaining content with a story and, you know, whatever. So, um, and it, it's funny because <laughs> I had no idea you were going to bring up Russ, but I was thinking as you started talking, I was like, you know, actually I used to watch Rust videos <laughs> <laughs> and I shared just, it with you. He, There's he, that. Oh, it may be the guy that you shared. I, I'm not sure. It could it's be not. one of the ones. Okay, I was going to say it could be one of the ones related to the guy that you shared, like that came up on like a watch next. But it's like he has his own little like memes and stuff. Like he's part of the pumpkin gang, and so everything's kind of referenced in in that sort of kind of sense. And I mean, in the same way, I've been you know still stuck pretty hardcore on watching StarCraft II footage from mostly Winter StarCraft. And because, again, it's not always just like I could watch a StarCraft 2 pro match. I, I could load up a StarCraft 2 replay without an announcer 
and go watch it myself and and be impressed and understand what's going on because I have a fairly decent grasp of the game. But having somebody there to kind of break down certain things or in likewise, he doesn't always do like pro streams. Sometimes he does what he calls like bronze league heroes where people will go out and find the most insane matches between bronze level people and send the replays in and he will just kind of sit there and make fun of them and and not in like a mean way but just in like pointing out the ridiculousness and it's hilarious to watch happen it's it's fun to he also does like angry coaching where people pay him to be a jerk to them in essence they'll like if i wanted coaching I send in my replay, but if I'm doing anything wrong, you're going to tear me apart for it, you know? And mm-hmm. and so it's funny to watch him, like, get mad at people for getting supply blocked or whatever, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, what I was well, what I was going to say about the rest video is it, not that I had sent you the guy that you had watched, but I had shared, there's a guy named, like, R.C. Ham or R.Cham or I don't know how you say it. But I had sent, you had shared, I think, the videos you were describing, and I had shared... Uh, this dude with you. And he kind of does a similar thing to what you were talking about, except he builds these really intricate bases and then lures oh, people yeah. to follow him in. Okay. That's right. <laughs> you sent the trap base guy. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And then he, he traps them in and then humiliates them. And usually, usually does stuff where he like convinces them that they have to kill each other. And he's going to like, let the one who, who survived them <laughs> fighting out and then still kills them anyway. And, right. Uh, but that, that's pretty funny. So, yeah, it's funny because, you know, here I am like, well, I only like documentary stuff. And it's just not true <laughs> because the last two things you've talked about, I also do. So I've watched literally Rust videos, not even survival game, but literal Rust videos. Right. And I've watched a ton of professional StarCraft. Now, I don't – there used to be a guy named Husky when the game first came out. Yep, Husky which, StarCraft. at the risk of sounding a bit petty, I must say – Husky Starcraft actually started Bronze League Heroes back in like two thousand. Oh, really? Okay. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that wasn't. I, whoever um, started it doesn't matter. Winter is carrying the torch. That's why I said at the risk of sounding petty, because I'm not trying to I check. Think the that, I mean, I think but... that Day Nine did a lot of the like the Fun Day Monday type stuff, which is carried over into like mm-hmm. Strat Roulette. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only so yeah. many ways that you can make innovative (laughs) starcraft content (laughs) huskies was literally called bronzely heroes though like literal actual word for it but that's all good husky doesn't do it anymore unfortunately i I mean winter Um, does diamond league disasters too so nice nice (laughs) but um but but so i used to watch husky a lot and he was more you know he's getting vods from from gamers and then whether they're pro or not and then and then doing a breakdown of it um once he went away I really got into just watching, uh, it used to be GOM TV, which was the Korean channel that it was on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they got replaced by Afrika TV. Okay. Um, and it's, again, it's just, it's the Korean website that, or TV station or whatever it is, I don't know, um, right. that broadcasts the GSL and the SSL, which are the top two, like, Korean leagues, or at least used to be. Anyway, I've watched countless hours of that, which is where you so the guys who who commentate on that are for at least for the North American audience are are uh, tasteless and artosis, which are pretty famous yep. Starcraft, you know, names or whatever. Um and yeah, I I got a lot of I mean we talked about this during the Blizzard Starcraft episode to some extent, but I got a lot of enjoyment watching 
watching those dudes uh not not the commentators but the, those pro gamers play starcraft at that level right so i don't know i've done a lot of that too and, I, and honestly i'll probably watch the wcs for starcraft this blizzcon i mean every year at blizzcon they have the, the wcs annual championship and i usually watch the finals at least yeah so i mean this the I, so I mean, it, we we do have some agreements in there about about some of that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I I think still though that I probably like I said I I'm af- almost afraid to watch reviews anymore. Mm. I will I'll watch specifically like first first fifteen to first twenty minutes of gameplay type things. But mm-hmm. even games that I can tell like there are some gamers that have you know a, a comedy drama series in a certain game that I will avoid because that game is on my wish list. And it's like, I'm afraid mm-hmm. of seeing too much of the content, especially in more linear focus style games where I'm just like, well, once I've, you know, some reviewers I'll watch and just like, well, I've seen the review now I don't need to buy the game. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that th- there are other times where it's like, well, I would buy that game, but I know that I probably wouldn't really get the amount of enjoyment versus how much I'd be willing to spend but I would be willing to watch somebody else, you know, play through mm-hmm. it. And, and so there are times where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it saves me 20 bucks to watch somebody else, you know, play through it. Now, whether that's really fair to the, the game developers or not, I mean, it, it can be questionable. I know, I know from, you know, some secondhand accounts, how important getting a streamer to stream your game, especially as an indie dev you can go from being, you know, unnoticed to making hundreds of thousands of sales if you get a good streamer to pick your game up, right? So mm-hmm. so I guess that it's it probably probably helps devs more than hurts them to have people watch somebody play their game. Um Yeah. I don't know where I've seen where I think streaming is really interesting also just as a I guess as like a for lack of a better term, a business model for the streamers themselves, is that you see a you see some really high profile pro gamers that stop competing professionally and just turn into streamers That's because true. the time demands are probably about equivalent and in one of them you make money every day you work being streaming and in the right. other one you make money if you win you know so um i think that it's been interesting to see to see that kind of shift like there was a guy who played overwatch who played lucio and i can't remember his name right off the top of my head oh it's it's dsp stanky okay Um, yeah he makes and i'll have to show the here's some vodka i'll have to show you after we're done recording but um he has these and you may have seen them but they're these awesome edited videos of him climbing the ranks from like you know silver all the way to gm in overwatch as lucio and he just has some of the most crazy ridiculous plays and the video edits he does are are really really well done um anyway and so then he he actually went from the popularity of being this like streaming lucio to being a pro overwatch player and then ended up not liking it and now he just streams kind of any and everything i mean you i mean i've seen him playing ocarina of time and i've seen him playing mega man and i've you know literally any game he will play right and his audience is way smaller um but he's an example of someone that i think is just an entertaining character now i i can't say i go watch him you know even quarterly you know of a year i, I don't you know i don't know the last time i watched him but he's someone that if i'm bored i might click on twitch and see if he's playing something and so and i check think it out. i think you kind of bring up something that that reminds me of like 
the people that I will go, not necessarily out of my way, because again, I tend to be more of, I, I, I consume my media in kind of small chunks or just at my leisure. And not every streamer is streaming when I have 20 minutes available to watch, you know, uh, especially because mm-hmm. I tend to pick specific people over like a specific game. Like I won't most often, more often than not anyway, I won't go looking for a specific game. I'll go looking for a specific person. Mm. Um, one of the places where that kind of opens up a little bit, though, is for like speedrunning. Um, so I got really interested in speedrunning a couple of few years back. Um and and starting to see people like Grand Pooh Bear and Carl Sagan 42 who stream a lot of Super Mario and Mario-esque runs of various Mario games. And I just got really just drawn in by how crazy speedrunning is. And then like seeing that live is just a different experience than watching. Because like most of the time on YouTube, you get the cut down, trimmed down, edited versions of like 15, 20 minutes to show a 15 minute world record or something, right? Or even a personal best. But that that edit or even that full run came after like eight hours of play, you know? So jumping mm-hmm. into the middle of somebody who is in the middle of a speed run can be really wild to see just like how they react to what's going on and and just because it gives it's almost like I, I guess i could put like a live documentary because they're usually so informed and the motions are mm-hmm. down so finely tuned that they can engage with chat while they pull off crazy ridiculous stunts mm-hmm. and tell you about the glitches and about the the frame perfect moves or about the level skips or why you take a suboptimal path like all right. Well, what we've learned here today, folks, is that I should uh, not say what my position on a topic is to begin our episode. And instead, I'll just ask Brett what my position is because I also watch speedruns. <laughs> what so we just stupid. learned is you thought that you were a lot more egotistical about. Watching no, it's gaming. not really like <laughs> it's not really what it's it, what it is. Is that I think that I think the thing that I have not that I have not latched onto ever that I that when someone says, do you watch streams? And I'm like, no, not really. It's like the, the slip gator guy that I was describing earlier that, that makes the arc videos, or it's the, um, the, the, I can't remember the names, but the Terraria video guys you were talking about earlier. I've never really found that. I've never found a show like that, that I've hooked onto. And I've never found a personality that I'm like, every time they have content, I want to check it out. Whereas you know, there's podcasters and things like that, for example, where, you know, I listen to every episode they put out, but when it comes to like a game streamer, I don't know, again, that's that kind of, um, of content. I don't know that I found that, but that's just one very narrow definition of what it could be, you know? So, yeah. Um, do yeah. You think, that, do you think that's, I mean, cause I would say that largely not hugely, but I would say a lot of that more type of kind of story driven let's play style content also tends to have a lot of uh, very stylized humor or stylized personality um do you think that it's like because you are have a kind of i don't know a more refined comedic sense or a more specific comedic sense that you tie into that kind of turns you off when you're watching somebody play games or am i just completely off base there 
No, I wouldn't say you're completely off base. I would say that like, I, I would say that it, it's more just like, um, it, I guess it's also because when you hear about like, okay, who's a famous streamer, like, you know, Ninja or PewDiePie, like, I just in no way am attracted to that kind of sensibility. I, I, I'll agree with you there. I actually can't stand most of the top game streamers, especially in character. I would say the well, only so, two that I like are I like out of character, and that's like Markiplier and Jacksepticeye, but I don't like watching their gameplay as much as I like watching them just talk about like real life issues. Yeah, and I mean, so, you know, PewDiePie, I think it was maybe 2015 or 16, and, and I have no idea what the numbers are now, but some sometime a few years ago, he was the, the top earning YouTube YouTube personality right. period across all all brackets or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he made like 7 million or something that year. And, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go watch a PewDiePie video or two just so I can understand what it actually is because I've never seen it. I've only heard of it. <laughs> and it it is absolutely content that I just do not understand. And I don't think that like, and, and then the reason I say I don't understand is because I wouldn't say that it's because I have a more refined sense of humor or, or honestly anything like that. I don't think it's because it's beneath where I'm at as much as it's just somewhere else from where I'm at. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, like I said, I don't, I can't, I can't watch a PewDiePie video either. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I give him credit for what he's doing. That's fine. And go him. And same with like Ninja. I can't, I can't, I don't really get into that. But I mean, like for me, Total Biscuit was more like the Frasier of Let's Plays. Mm-hmm. Like just much drier humor, much more direct, you know, no pulling of punches and very honest video game reviews, even though he spent way too much time on like how many sliders a game had. But <laughs> right. even yeah. still, he he was very critical of, of gaming and of the industry. So I, I liked that very direct approach that wasn't there. There are a lot of I mean, there's even some like gaming news outlets that I follow, like the Jimquisition and, and there are a few others, but some of them, like I like Yong Gia's content, but a, a lot of them tend to be almost too sensational. And it's like, you see one video pop up on like EA's latest blunder or some CEO said something stupid on Twitter, but then you see like all of these independent outlets trying to cover it. And it's just like, ah, I mean, Sometimes I just want to watch something stupid and funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, when it comes to, to, to the, when it comes to VOD content, as far as like the sensationalism stuff, yeah, I'm definitely not, not in that camp at all. Um, and with PewDiePie though, I will say to kind of loop back to that for just a second. Yeah. His character that that he portrays is very irritating to me, and I again don't like it at all. However, a lot of people hated on him a lot when he was that number one paid YouTube person, and he actually made a video to respond to all of that criticism. And he was not in character, right? He was just himself, and he was actually a very reasonable, thoughtful person, and yeah. had a very realistic and grounded response to all of that criticism, which to be frank was basically just like, F you, I've been doing this for 10 years and it's hard. And, and you I just, work you're really just hard at now it. seeing the results of right. this. And it took me being number one, not just in gaming, but in the world for anybody right. to even remotely begin thinking that video games 
as content was a serious avenue of being able to be a, like a profession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like he had a whole team of editors and probably stylists and you know he's mm-hmm. not just like him put you know doing all of his editing in his basement sort of thing like he employs a staff yeah yeah i will say um and just kind of jumping around here a little bit but one of the weirder things that i've seen on twitch is that's that's not like the real life stuff obviously that's its own weird category but <laughs> um but there's actually just if you go on twitch there's just a, a a pretty popular, I mean, it's not in the top 10 or, or even 20 probably, but it's in the top 50, which is astonishing. Right. Um, and it's just called Casino. And I think usually the thumbnail is like actually the, the, the picture from the movie Casino, the Scorsese film with like De Niro and oh, Joe okay. Pesci and whatever. But that's not what it is. If you click on it, it's, it's people... I think mostly Russians based on the language that I see, but I don't actually, you know, I don't know how to read or speak Russian, so I can't confirm that's what it is. That's what it looks kind of like. Um, And they're literally just playing browser-based casino games like slot machines. And they have lots of people watching them. I mean, it's not hundreds of thousands, but it might, it's in the hundreds and sometimes in the thousands of people just watching someone play a virtual slot machine. Um, that boggles my mind a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's just the, <laughs> the idea that. that again, it's this it's a suspense factor, I think, and I think that that's why a lot of people will watch. I mean, not Loot to say that opening. it's no different than like professional poker because there is actually a lot of skill involved there, but yeah. I think that there's a lot of suspense. I mean, th- there were people that were tuning in for watching. I mean, it was pretty big for a little while people posting videos or doing twitch streams of like i spent fifty thousand dollars on overwatch loot boxes let's open 500 of them or whatever oh i think that's still a thing yeah right. i think that's still prevalent so i, I mean, mean in the last call of duty they actually made that a feature of the game right where everybody where you, had to see what you were pulling open i mean i don't know that it's everybody but pe- your friends at least could elect to watch you open Right. boxes in game i don't think it was forced on people that would be <laughs> well there was no because it would it would be the loot box would drop in the middle of the match and you open ah. it up and so anybody that was around you physically would see the thing like pop up i see hmm. ridiculous yeah <laughs> i don't know um but i think that but you know so we've talked a ton about streaming we actually really haven't talked about you know just playing a lot i guess and <laughs> i don't know I, I mean i guess i don't know what you would say it's a pretty broad subject but i would just say that for me like when it comes to gaming the things that i like about gaming a lot are i i like and this is a conversation you and i have had before but i think that maybe the primary characteristic of a game is a game that presents you with interesting choices. Right. And that could be an interesting choice in a game like a civilization, or that could be a game like a shmup where you just have to choose when to turn your ship and when to shoot and when to accelerate and descend. You know what I mean? Like how to dodge. Um, And so to some extent, that's kind of what I, what I like about gaming. Now I would say right behind that is aesthetics and you can get that from watching. And that's probably something I should look more at doing instead of buying games just because I <laughs> think they're pretty on a whim or something. Just go watch them and maybe get the same satisfaction out of Well, uh, and you can even, it. I mean, granted, there's a difference between, like, personal skill versus, like, I've 
there are games that I have beaten that I still like watching other people play because they're so much better. And like just right. seeing like a certain level of skill at something, like kind of like speedrunning or whatever. But I, I think that there there are other times too, like you talk about choice where you know, I've made a certain series of choices and I've beaten, you know, say Fallout 4 or something and I've took a certain path. It can be just as interesting to watch somebody else take that path or, or like a right. different path, like what happens in the, the different way. Right. And, and then I think lastly, you know, we, you and I have talked a number of times about the profoundness, like th- like getting to experience something for the first time, like nothing nothing will ever top your first world in Terraria or something, right? Or like your first mm-hmm. time in Minecraft. And, you know, I think that the the second closest thing next to just starting a new world is watching somebody else start a new world for the first time. And like, mm. and then because you get to kind of like live vicariously through their surprise at things. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I remember when I was shocked by that or like, oh, he's coming up on the part where the guy jumps out or, you know, like, oh, this is he doesn't know that that means that the Eye of Cthulhu is coming like he doesn't know or she doesn't get that this piece of, of thing is a, an important lead up to an, an event or something. And so you get that, that tension and anxiety of being the viewer that knows, you know, like a horror movie, like don't open the door. He's behind the door. Like, but the, right. the players in the movie don't know in the same way that a lot of times, you know, the players of the game don't know, and you've already played it and you do. Yeah. One of my favorite, uh, and I hope this <laughs> I hope this lands well. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, video stream watching moments is actually, and I don't think they're even available anymore, but one of your very first Minecraft videos. It might even be your very first Minecraft video. Uh-oh, I'm going to have to go hide um, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm pretty sure you took it down because it was, I mean, this That's was like fair. 2014. This was okay. a long time ago now. Um and it, but it's, it's not, it shouldn't be embarrassing because it's literally what you just described where you were just new. So you didn't know. And I, I had played a bit more Minecraft than you had at that point. Well, so to, I was, to be fair, I was really, to give some context, I was really late to the Minecraft game. Right. Like I came in like a decade after it had largely kind of gone and gone. And even the second wind had was starting to fade. That's about when I was like, oh, I'll try this thing. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't think I tried it until 2013. And then. At that point, I became a Minecraft evangelist, where if I know that you even remotely like video games, I will suggest that you play Minecraft because it's just a whole unique experience that you should you should have. Even if you don't like it and stay with it, I don't care. Like you, you should, still need to experience you should know it. what it is. Right. 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 But anyway, so. Um, but yeah, you were you would set up a little camp and you'd set up like a little garden for yourself but it's 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 those things it's one of those things where and this happens in all sorts of areas of life not just <laughs> minecraft but where you put artificial limitations on yourself just in in almost in, in a subconscious way so like you wanted to have a little crop so you literally dug out like five squares to plant something right. you know and you have like the tiniest garden ever it's like <laughs> Dude, you could make like fifty squares. You know what I mean? Like you, you <laughs> like can you go for broke here. Produce this, right? <laughs> right. But but you're not. But you're you're at that moment as you know. And I did the same thing when I started Minecraft. You're in the world. You're like really immersed, and so you don't. I mean, I don't know. You're just like I don't know. I need a few plants to survive. So here, I'll drop a few things. You know, right? Um, but you you weren't building a house. And so you knew that the bed would make nighttime go away, which is true. (laughs) 
However, that doesn't mean that monsters don't spawn. Right. And so <laughs> you would go to bed and then wake up and then creepers would blow up your entire base. <laughs> and all, all of your stuff would go in the water. But you were playing with a bunch of mods. And so there was like crazy monsters in the water. And then they were fighting you. I and, remember this oh, now. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Oh. Uh, because it was exactly what you're describing, though, where it's like you get to watch... You know, I think I, I think I've I know, actually it was on a totally different thing. But the first time I played Minecraft, my friend and I, you know, we didn't know anything about the game at all. So we were running around in the world and then nighttime comes and monsters start to come out. So we literally dug a two by like a two by two hole. So there's room for both of us on the side of a hill and then filled it back in with one block open so that we could look out and see what was happening. And and we stood there for like 10 minutes while nighttime passed because we had no idea what to do, you know. But <laughs> if you saw someone doing that in Minecraft, it would seem pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like to go back to the streaming thing, like Yogg's cast, you know, like that was a Minecraft show, if you will, right. that I tried to get into. But it just didn't grab me. I mean, it, it's, it's well made and, you know, they clearly um, put a lot of thought into what they're doing, but... I don't know. Just didn't. There were certain. Didn't really I, I didn't like most of what they did because I just didn't really jive with most of the characters. But I think I did get into their like Jaffa Factory series for mm. a good chunk of time because they did like different sets of like mods and stuff to play with. And I think that was one of their more industry and and mm. technology, you know, kind of themed mod packs that they were playing with for a while. And I, I liked that one. I don't think I finished it all the way, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we were talking about Ark earlier, and or I was at least, and, and my friend, I mean, he's played like 2,000 hours of Ark, so he he really clearly enjoys playing the game, uh, but he largely plays, you know, by himself. He doesn't have a clan or anything of people to play with, and Ark is a game where to accomplish the biggest things, you typically need a lot of people. Um, and so I think that's part of him watching those Slipgator videos is that, because that guy again, they're edited, but it's mostly him playing on a private server with his friends and they just set up different missions or tasks for themselves to accomplish. And and you end up getting to see a lot of end game type content and a lot of interesting ways that they, you know, exploit different mechanics or different features of the game that my buddy otherwise wouldn't really experience in his single player game right. that he plays. So I think there's value, you know, I can see where there's value in that as well. I, um, I definitely watch like, I, and not a whole lot recently, but for a while I was following like FitMC. He plays on the 2B2T Minecraft server, which is like the oldest mm. surviving anarchy server. Like no rules and like hacks are allowed, right? <laughs> right. And so you can imagine that just everybody is on there hacking and like it, they're almost required to play with hacks to like get anywhere. Not 100%, but mostly. But it's also one of those things where like, it's crazy how some of the most insane, beautiful creations are built in a place where n it's like making a sandcastle. Like nothing lasts forever there. Somebody mm -hmm. will find it and dynamite it to oblivion. Like, mm -hmm. and 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 as much as I like watching like time lapse builds of Helm's Deep or you know mm -hmm. the Harry Potter world or Disneyland or whatever. Like, it's also really interesting to watch these players play in, like, the most hardcore space that there is and and still make achievements. And, like, to, there's there's something more impressive about it than there is about, you know, building it in a creative world. Not to say that it's not impressive. Like, Helm's Deep is an awesome map. But 
seeing somebody do that in a in a world where everybody can fly like you know right, right. <laughs> agreed yeah you know actually a point i would like to make about something you brought up earlier is in that being speed runs and and this is something i think I, that you and i've discussed before but i think it's an, an interesting point and certainly interested if you have a different take on yeah. it um but i think that you know we're talking about streaming versus or watching versus playing and I think that speedruns is actually an example of a way to play games that is born out of streaming. Like speedrunning, at least in the form that exists today, doesn't exist without without streaming. And, and maybe, but certainly not without the internet. And I would still argue that trying to read written instructions for how to like watch a super Mario 64 speed run. Right. Like you couldn't write. <laughs> I mean, if you tried to write that out, that would be insane. And so I think for that community to exist, like it does, you almost have to have that available because there's so many weird nuanced little things that you wouldn't discover at all on your own. And it, it almost only can exist because of the, the community and the capacity to watch other people's attempts at it and then learn how to incorporate that yourself. I, I think that, I, I agree with you for the most part. I think that there's a difference though between exist and thrive. I think that it can really only thrive that it, or that it does thrive on Twitch and and on the ability and you know broadband internet for sure. But early speedrunning has been around for a long time, and I, and I will kind of concede that probably the internet is at least a little required. But there were people you know, recording speedruns on VHSs for submission to like IRC forums or online web forums. And, right. and they would share speedrun tactics in, you know, in the written way. And it, it is a lot more difficult, but you can still talk about how yeah. to perform a certain move. It's just a lot harder to show somebody. Like you just have to say, well, this is the button combination and you'll get it when you get it. Like when mm -hmm. you do it, you'll know because you turn backwards and teleport 30 feet or whatever, you know? Right. And, but I definitely think that, I mean, speedrunning was a thing. I mean, I think as soon as games really became digital, people tried to play them as fast as you could or get the highest right. score or whatever. But well, I think that I guess... they definitely thrive oh, that, that now it... that you can get, I don't think that AGDQ or the games done quick type stuff would really exist as a convention without Twitch. It certainly wouldn't. And I guess what I would say though, is that like, like take a game like Mario 64, where I think the world record is just under three hours now or something to do a hundred percent full clear. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know, I guess, honestly, I'm just, I guess I'm just making this up. I would be very, very surprised. I will say that instead um, if the world records before video content were even close to that, were even well, yeah, no, I definitely close think that, to I, I would that. say that 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 Twitch and YouTube and being able to record and stream has definitely it's, it does two things, and it kind of equates to an exponential growth in or exponential improvement in times, right? So on the one mm -hmm. hand, it brings more people in, and the more people that are playing, the more opportunity there is for somebody to have a breakthrough and any person that has a breakthrough that breakthrough is instantly disseminated to everybody else that plays and they can improve mm -hmm. upon it and, and take it somewhere so I, I definitely think that like i said that's the difference to me at least between like thrive and exist i think that speedrunning existed yeah. but i think that 
that Twitch has made that community thrive and build it into something where you can have head-to-head competitions. Like, I, I think those are sometimes more interesting is where like single run speed runs, right? Like a head-to-head speed run means that you can't just know the perfect optimal path because if you fail at a certain trick two or three times, it may be more efficient to stop trying to do that trick and instead take a slower route just to keep up and hope that your opponent fails a trick later. Mm -hmm. But like knowing those other ways through the game means that you have to have so much more knowledge about a game because a lot of like, like world record speedrunners, if they fail a trick, they hit the reset button immediately. It doesn't matter if they're an hour in or, or 10 minutes, you know, it depends. It, it, some it depends games, on there the game. Are, they, right. It does depend on game and it depends on the type of speed run. Like a hundred percent definitely has more room for error right. than just an any percent type run. But I, I like, like head to head runs. I don't think would be, cause most of it before like Twitch was definitely just like, well, like I got the, the top rank on a forum and and yeah. i get to post my name there They're like a high scoreboard in a game you know but like a head-to-head run you don't have without a thriving community right yeah i think that speed runs are are, are really interesting to watch i i have zero interest in doing speed runs myself because i cannot imagine playing a game like that like that amount of time and and with that that goal in mind right. like and i understand that they just you know see it differently or whatever which is fine um but not not my cup of tea but i do think it's like super mario 64 which i've, I've already mentioned i would say that's probably my favorite game that i've ever watched a speed run of and not that i've watched all games and, and there are certainly some other interesting ones but it's just really unique because it's it's in a 3d space but it's before we got, I say we, you know, the world <laughs> got good at, at camera angles right. in 3D games because it's one of the very first 3D games. Um, well, on a console, right. I should say. But um, but yeah, so there's really weird camera angles. So a lot of the moves they have to make, you know, they can't see where they're going. So it's just muscle memory and they just do some crazy stuff. Um, but then, you know, you and I, did the that the blizzard series and we covered you know the diablo franchise and i actually uh the summer games done quick just happened oh yeah yeah. and i actually found that someone had done a uh, they had a speed run of diablo 2 available which i was really surprised by because i had never thought of that as (laughs) the kind of game you could speed run (laughs) right um but i mean you could speed run anything i guess um but anyway, yeah, and, and the guy was like, it took about two hours. I didn't watch the whole two hours. I kind of skipped through just to see all of the different acts, right. and, you know, watch the very end. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool to see. And it actually I ended up going and digging out my Diablo 2 jewel case and registering my key with Blizzard <laughs> and downloading Diablo 2. And I'm playing Diablo 2 a little bit now. So awesome. that only happened because of the stream. Right. And I, I think that the it's also interesting because I feel like there is a lot more community interaction with something like a speed run, at least as, as far as I've seen speedrunners tend to be a lot more involved with their chats and with their communities than people who are just playing. Like, like I can't get into watching Fortnite. I can't get into mm-hmm. watching PUBG. Like even if there is a lot of strategy and skill and tactics, I just, I, I'm not interested in that. And I also feel like there's just a lot of disconnect between 
the streamer and and the chat right but i i think that like and and maybe that is just that i i do tend to have a, a preference to more structured content like i would rather watch the top 10 warframe builds of you know 2019 then and because there's that level of post-production a level of polish you know and a good narrated kind of script and and i do like the the randomness and the surprise and the suspense that you can get in like a stream but it also tends to be like too little too late like it could take an hour to get a good twitch clip where a youtube video condenses that hour into 10 minutes it gives you the best bits Right. So yeah, that's like, there's a, I mentioned him earlier as well, but there's a really popular streamer named Shroud, um, who used to be, I think, a pro CSGO player. And now he's, I think, largely just a streamer. He plays PUBG and I know he played Apex Legends when that launched. Um, And he's insanely, (laughs) insanely good at first person shooters. Like, if if the goal of an FPS is to click heads, that dude knows how to click heads. (laughs) Like, it's it's ridiculous to watch him do that. Fair. but but yeah, like I I still won't really go to Twitch and just watch him for even twenty minutes straight or something, because um, to your point, there's just too much downtime, and I don't actually care about his personality or what his thoughts on anything are. So I don't want to watch the time where he's at loading screens and waiting to join the match and or waiting for the match to end or what like. I don't care about any of that time. Right. However, I will go to YouTube and watch a supercut that's 10 minutes of Shroud just farming people. <laughs> and that's pretty fun because it's like, I can't believe that you can do that. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, on, um, on the I would agree with end, that. there are, like I mentioned, kind of like Grand Pooh Bear and Carl Sagan 42, whom I will listen to. There, there are times where they'll just put down the controller and tell a story. Like mm-hmm. like they flub a run or they beat a really hard level, like cause they also play like Super Mario Maker type content and stuff, and they beat a really hard level and they'll just sit down and like Carl Sagan forty two is working in in uh, kind of the field of genetics and is doing some really interesting experiments and is kind of working on his master's degree and stuff. He may have completed it by now. I haven't checked up on him in a while, but and he'll just sit there and talk science and chat science with with the chat room for like thirty minutes. You know, just like in between levels and something. And it's like, I, I've, there have been a few times where I've been really engaged by that content, but it's because it's like, sure, I showed up for the, to watch, you know, some, some Super Mario moves that are pretty sweet, but I'm also interested and respect their opinions as a scientist. Right. And so that's probably like a niche on top of a niche, but I fit both of those categories. So I'll sit and watch, you know? Yeah. You know, honestly, something that, and maybe, you know, uh, maybe it's something we can do someday. Probably not because I wouldn't have the stamina for it. But um, really, the, the the biggest problem that I have is just that I don't actually know how to find good content. Like, I don't, like, there's one memory I have where there's a game called Banished that's a town builder kind of okay. game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this one now. Really, 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 really punishing hard game. <laughs> Um, well, it's hard because it will, it will have things where like you fail, but you don't, you don't know that you failed for for, like five more hours. Right. Because you have to like your population ages and dies. And so then you have to have enough children to replace the aging workforce. And like, you don't consider that typically the first time you play through. And so you get 
weigh in and then your town all gets old and there weren't enough there were kids, no kids to fill the spot. Yep. <laughs> and now the infrastructure of the city breaks down. The kids um, can't hold the farms together and then everybody dies of starvation in the winter. Right, right. <laughs> or Jan hoards all the food in your house. And it's like, why don't you just take enough for like five days, Jan? Why do you have to go take all of it from the Jan's central hub? Because Jan's a and she knows what's going down. <laughs> Yeah, Jan is the reason that there has to be something to prepare for. Do you understand that? Everything was fine. It was a well-oiled machine. And then Jan caused the doomsday that she's been preparing for. Hey, you know, self-fulfilling prophecies are a thing. I know, know yeah. <laughs> Listen to me, you preppers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, uh, but so when I was looking, when Banish first came out, same kind of deal. I initially went to look on Twitch to see a video of what it looked like to to sit and play it. And there was this guy, and I think his name is like Elioheim or it's something like that. I remember this uh, dude. Yeah. He's kind of a, I mean, he still streams and is a somewhat popular Twitch streamer. I read an article about him one time, I think in Kotaku or PC gamer where he, uh, he had a, a viewer actually like showed up at his house and tried to like, like hang out with him or whatever. That shit and it, I mean, me. yeah, it's creepy. Um, but anyways, that morning, it was like 7 a.m. I woke up and had some coffee and it was in the winter and <laughs> and I'm watching this guy play Banished. And it was actually a, a very enjoyable experience. Like I sat and watched for, I don't know, two or three hours and just sat and drank coffee and watched him uh, play Banished and kind of explain what he was doing. And the chat was not, you know, he didn't have a, a ton of viewers. So the chat wasn't insane. Um and yeah, it was actually really entertaining, but I've, I just kind of stumbled onto that and I follow him and, and have clicked on other streams of his. And it's not that he's like, he doesn't turn into PewDiePie or something. He's not really obnoxious ever, but I don't know. It's just never been that experience. Well, I mean, I have to be in the right mood for that sort of stuff too. I mean, there's, I, I have a few set like people that I go to, but I definitely think that, I mean, it's the same with like, it's the same way I find stand up comedy or music right like i actually just recently whom i've been meaning to link you to i'm not sure if you'd really like him or not but i found a new stand-up comedian that you know some of his stuff's pretty good and i'm like it's kind of a smaller up-and-coming comic and i'm like i like him but he also is running his own youtube channel on top of it and showing clips of his you know performances and it's you just kind of you let the algorithm you like go surfing and and you just let the algorithm kind of take you somewhere and see what happens and and sometimes you stumble on something good and sometimes you whiff for an hour you know <laughs> yeah well i i think i actually and i uh, my apologies i think i actually trailed off or, or kind of just went off on another tangent earlier but what i was going to say about that we could do that doesn't exist oh, okay I don't yeah, have the stamina yeah. for that whole bit that i said <laughs> would be that there's just not really a, a good curator um not anymore and that's really yeah there yeah well oh go ahead. Uh, no i was gonna i mean total biscuit was my curator for a long time but i would agree right. that there there were a couple of people who were starting to get into curation but i think found more clicks on youtube from uh outrage news like gaming because like gaming news has has i mean it's been a thing for a long while but gaming outrage news has taken on a, a lot of twists and turns especially with things like like the, the fallout 76 and um anthem and some of these other like big blunders that have been going i mean the the diablo you know mobile game launch and stuff some of these very high profile public out you know just outcries of, of outrage or whatever 
have gotten a lot of clicks in gaming news. And I think a lot of people who were doing during curation for a while found themselves getting more clicks by following outrage culture. But no, I agree. I, I don't think there is really, at least that I have seen, not a lot of good curators out there anymore. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, and that's, that's why I told the Elioheim story because it's like, I found that experience that one time. And if I could find that again, I I would probably be inclined to watch it. I mean, I personally just really like watching and listening to conversations. I mean, it's why we do this show and I have another podcast. Right. <laughs> it's, it, it, I, I just really enjoy that kind of stuff. And um, there, I mean, there are a couple of Twitch streamers that I have. So I, I definitely probably got my biggest fill of Twitch streamers, uh, as you kind of brought up earlier, during the Levelhead launch. And mm-hmm. and there's actually two things that I want to say about that. Not that I'm trying to like promote their game, although seriously, go check out Levelhead. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> is like, so for one, uh, kind of more to the curation point is that I was going out and anybody that had either gotten a copy of Levelhead, either gifted to them by the devs as far as like a promotional thing to try it out on their stream or just found it on their own. I was going to every streamer's stream and jumping into the community and being super active and trying to promote the game and promote the community because i mean i just have a connection to that community because i I really like their work and i want anybody that comes in especially with it being an early access game like i'm also there getting feedback on like where are they stumbling what is difficult to them why is it difficult was it not explained and like i'm jotting this feedback down and submitting it to the devs in the discord because not everybody does and and so I definitely was, but I, I did find some streamers that did play like a new game every day for a year. And like every mm. single day they were downloading and installing some new indie game and playing it for just one day. And that was like a job, eight hours. They will play one game for eight hours, good or bad, and, mm. and kind of review it at the end. Now, granted, I, I prefer my content to be curated into smaller, more tightly packaged chunks. But again, that's just kind of me. But but then also to the point, like, excuse me, um, and something that I was involved in, but I have seen more and more on the Steam store is featured streamers on the store page mm-hmm. where, I mean, and I, I got a chance to do this for Levelhead during its launch, which was really fun to do. Um, but where you go into look at a game and you've got the trailer in front of you, but at the top of the screen, you've also got somebody streaming it. And it does give you that instant opportunity to see somebody playing it live. And I I haven't really used that too much yet um, because I'm kind of like you. I prefer to go and read reviews first and I want to find like the top critical review and the top positive review and what are they saying and why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I, what I end up doing is just kind of combing and looking for, like if someone has a bad review, fine. But does someone else have a negative review that says something similar? Right. Like, how how many or of those multiple people? Or like also right. like the discre- like jumping into the Steam forum, and like oh, that's exclusively that's what I'm talking right, about. Right. Is the yeah? Oh wait, no, no, sorry. You mean the actual? Yeah, like the you discussion. Mean the literal forum. Yeah, the discussion forum. Gotcha. I, I'll oh, jump yeah, in there yeah. too, just to see like, especially if it's compared to another game. There's almost always somebody during a sale event that's like, so how is this compared to that? And I want to read what it is because, like, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to play it, but I want to see what they do well and what they do poorly compared to the other similar game. Right, right, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think that, you know, obviously, as we've had this conversation and kind of explored, you know, there's a ton of streamed or video type content that I that I do enjoy. So clearly, there's, you know, a place for it for everyone. Um, And when I say that, not that I represent everyone, but just that, like, there's so many versions of it, you know, that even if you don't like one thing, like you could never watch speedrunning and still like ninja you could never like ninja and still like watching casino roulette on twitch i guess or ahoy or Uh, yeah right that more documentary historical take with interesting animation and a a really deep soothing radio voice (laughs) yeah i think that you know i don't know i think also to some extent and you know i don't know this maybe this isn't this isn't fair but like there's also just a lot of the content that I see that is being made by either streamers and like total biscuit was an example of not this. And and so is game trailers where it was actually just made in a more professional um, by people who are doing it as their career. Right. And a lot of the content now is not that like a lot of the content isn't, someone that's been doing it for 20 years because they're only 20 years old. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's also just so much more competitive that you can't as easily spend the time to polish a product to a point where like, it's okay to release once every once a month release schedule on YouTube is, does not a channel make. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely, you know, jumped into the YouTube and the streaming area a couple of times. And even with like, once every like three times a week and and editing my own videos and recording and doing voice and and narration and scripts and fades and Mm post-production and audio and then uploading and making sure that I release scheduled and publishing to, you know, all the social media outlets and like trying to manage all of that, even once every three days was just exhaustive amounts of work. And that brought in, I think, like my highest view count within a release period of like a couple of weeks was like one to 200 views, which I was just ecstatic right. by. But right. that's not, I can't even monetize without, you know, at least a few thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It's definitely a unique landscape and it's been interesting to see how it's kind of developed, you know, again, coming from where it started with kind of the, you know, there were only a few at least HD video. I mean, I guess actually that's probably the other thing that, that I didn't mention earlier that there really was the, di- the difference between YouTube and a place like game trailers was game trailers had 1080p videos uh, in 2008 and YouTube did not. Right. You know no, that's I mean? fair. So it, until HD kind of became the norm, uh, it was also unique in that way. But yeah, you, you go from where it was, a very small kind of community because posting video content was, was expensive or difficult or whatever to now where it's kind of just blown up to being everyone. And I think as we continue to move forward, we'll see more and more curation because there's, there's too much money in it for people to not continue to improve upon it and figure out how to streamline it and make it more efficient. Right. I mean, I I definitely feel like there has already been a transition. Like I feel like the let's play is not dead, but I think it's definitely kind of on its way out in Mm -hmm. favor of live streaming. Like if you want to watch a let's play, you've just got to catch the live stream. You've got to subscribe to that streamer and show up almost like sitcom TV in the nineties before, you know, DR TV was kind of a thing or, or TV recording Mm -hmm. systems. Like you just had to be there Thursday at seven thirty, 
And like if you missed mm-hmm. it, you, you missed that episode, and you've got to catch the next, you know, next one. Yeah, except that on Twitch, at least, a lot of the times the, the live stream videos are then available. That's true. As well. I mean, but so. I'm just saying that, like, I think let's plays were much more of a YouTube space thing for a very long time. Yeah, where like it was common to see a hundred episodes of a Yogg's cast or a hundred episodes of Jesse and Total Biscuit play Terraria or, or even me, I put up a hundred episodes of playing a Minecraft game, you know, like I think that the, the let's play has kind of in on YouTube has kind of transitioned more into the review format where like people are doing critical reviews of games um, Mm -hmm. or more like games journalism type stuff and then your let's play stuff has kind of moved on to twitch but i do feel like that that there's there's going to be kind of that that pendulum swing where there is going to be an opening for something like you know better curation or maybe a better take on let's plays i definitely think that kind of like like wayland's videos they're not a let's play in the format of a, a chronological series instead they are short one to maybe two or three episodes about a specific thing but also if you do watch them in order there's interspliced in like a a comedic narrative that is external Mm -hmm. to the the game being played right like he's got like his personal life of his character that he shows things kind of play out right so maybe there is some room for some kind of curative upstart yeah, well, just someone that can say, like, you know, d- A, define some categories that streamers could fit into, and then B, if you're looking for this kind of experience, go here. If you're looking for this kind of experience, go here, and and just kind of be able to become a trusted source to point people to where to look, because that's honestly the reason that I don't spend more time watching streams and stuff, is that I, I just feel like it's really hard to know what's good, and so it just becomes this this ridiculous you know, trial and error thing. Whereas like on YouTube, like you talked about earlier, you know, just follow the algorithm. Like, I mean, I watch a ton of different channels on YouTube at this point, non-gaming related. Um, Right. But all of them, I've just kind of stumbled across, you know what I mean? Like I just, I'm on something and then, Oh, here's another video. Oh, I'll click that. And now, Oh wow, this is really cool. And now I'm onto that. And that's just kind (laughs) of how it, how it, you know, has played out. Uh, But on Twitch, it doesn't, it doesn't really have that in the same way, at least that I'm familiar with. Like if I'm watching. Yeah, it is. I, I'm sure there's probably, there is some there. It does give you like suggested streamers to watch kind of like on the left, but it definitely suggests like it is not based on as much what, at least as far as I can tell what it thinks I would like versus what they would like. <laughs> like they want me to go to the big streams where a bunch of people are donating. Cause that's going to increase the chance that I donate. Cause I, feel like that's an okay thing to do well and to be i mean to be fair to them and you know not painted as entirely nefarious that's also just where the market says that it's popular so it's like hey here's something else that a lot lot of of other people people are enjoying a lot of people enjoy it so maybe you will too which is fair and that's there's just some truth to that um Mm -hmm. sometimes it is pretty far off base though i'm not a big fan of watching people play just chance in skimpy clothing just to be in skimpy clothing (laughs) (laughs) right Right. anyway (laughs) yeah no i'm i'm with you so i think this is you know i just had this thought a moment ago but um when again you know kind of referencing the blizzard series that we did but we talked about esports a bit and how you know the different ways in which esports 
Um, will like what? What are some different things that maybe need to be true before you know professional Overwatch can compete with professional baseball right. or basketball or something like that? And one thing that we were talking about is just that you know people aren't used to watching it or people aren't familiar with the games or whatever. But I think at least in people who are under twenty and, and maybe the maybe the number is even higher than that, but certainly people who are under twenty have kind of grown up with watching videos of games that they do not have. And so as we just continue to move through time, you're going to have an entire adult generation, you know, and then probably everyone younger than them as well, that will have grown up consuming game content that they haven't played. And so it'll just be way more normalized to to sit and watch something that you maybe don't haven't played in the same way that, you know, I mean, a point that I made was that kind of everyone can play, you know, everyone has stories about playing baseball or basketball or whatever, but there are a lot of fans of sports who never played those sports. Right. Um, I mean, even me, like I, you know, I can watch professional football. I played one year of mighty mites when I was like eight years old, but I didn't play in high school or any sort of competitive level actually. Um, but I can still watch it, but it's also just normalized in the culture. And so as, as we go forward and with streaming being what it is, I think that will also actually help legitimize esports because you'll just have more and more people that are comfortable with the idea to begin with right. uh, of watching. I stuff. mean, I do also think it just kind of piggybacking on, on that earlier point though, is that there also does, does have to be something that stays consistent and there's not, yeah. there've been very few breakout games with the longevity and even fewer that are competitive. Like some of well, the, I guess... the longest lasting games that I can think of that are still pretty actively played right now are like wow and warframe and those aren't really competitive games like right. games well, with like yeah. 15 year development arcs that are still actively developed actively played they're few and far mm -hmm. between and i'd say even fewer are competitive i would uh, the only thing i would speculate though which again pure speculation but i wonder though if it's it's kind of like a this, I don't know this might be hard to follow so apologies if so but kind of in the way that like people our age and younger are just wired differently because we grew up with commercials right and so our attention spans are just different and not just commercials but just TV in general being like in your face so we're a lot more adaptable to like quick changing information than someone who's from the forties or something right. right? And I think that it's true for today's generation of adult people that largely they're not comfortable with learning new games all the time or seeing new games all the time. And so the consistent thing is what exists. But again, as the youth continues to get older, it's going to be a group of people that have grown up watching a wide variety of games. And so that to them is normal also. Um, so maybe, maybe it will be true that games don't ever have a football or a basketball. I could also or a see something like a variety, like a game within a game or a variety game, kind of like Ready Player One, where, mm -hmm. you know, because they're used to seeing a high number of different games that they've not owned, they'll be also that much more willing to jump in and have the same level of connection that, you know, somebody like you or I may have with a long-standing sports team or a long-standing esports team. And they may develop that connection a lot quicker because they're a lot more used to just picking up a piece of content and then like latching onto it. 
So it could be kind of like a pop-up style game where this game does only last for weeks or months or until somebody finds the goal or whatever. And once it's done, it's done. And that, that would drive a bunch of people to it who would be willing to pick it up and then just let it go as soon as it's done. Yeah. Hmm. Or I even, say I mean, there's I'd also like give... some... No, go ahead. I was going to kind of make a different point, so by all means, please please finish. I was just going to say it could also be like they, they also could follow, kind of like they follow a streamer. That streamer can play any number of different games, and they don't care about the game as much as the personality. So maybe it doesn't right, need to be a right. long-standing game. Maybe it just needs to be a long-standing. Like, it'd be like people who followed Michael Jordan through golf, right? Like they they followed him because they liked Michael Jordan, not necessarily because they liked golf. Uh, he played basketball. And maybe that's though. not as well. Right, right. And that maybe oh. that's not as true. I'm just saying, like they they may have got followed they may have gotten on to him because they were basketball fans and then he was really good at basketball so they started you know following him but when he started switching careers a lot of those fans went with him to those other different to watch him do these other different things not necessarily because they thought he was going to be the best person at every sport but just because they were fans of the person yeah i think that the thing though is that I mean, you're absolutely right that like, you know, uh, Jordan is example of kind of a brand within a brand, right? The larger brand is the NBA, but then he has his own individual brand. However, while Jordan certainly increased the popularity of the NBA a lot, and and when he left the NBA, it actually kind of hit a rough spot for a few years because there was just kind of this talent drought and they didn't really know where the league would go. And then when he retired, for the first time, well, not for the first time, he retired from the Bulls finally in like 98 after they, they won their sixth title. And then it was really only until 2003 that we had LeBron. Right. Now, there were other NBA stars, but I would say LeBron is probably the next closest thing to Michael Jordan uh, as far as just like being a household name that people know, even if they don't watch NBA basketball. Um, the thing is, though, is that like, the NBA exists as this larger framework that allows for there to be a, a next a next LeBron, right? Or, or a next Jordan kind of thing. And so I think in a game, if someone was only attached, if we, they were only attached to an individual, well, that individual at most is going to do it for 30 or 40 years probably. And then they, you know, well, they're going to be think, too old. I think that it, it's, I mean, I get that I'm kind of talking my out of my ass when it comes to sports in, in some senses and that you definitely have your backs more straight there. I think that, the metaphor is more closely like instead of the NBA, it's Twitch and YouTube. And instead of like the sport could be, you know, your Starcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, you know, all the different games. And instead of people, like a lot of people nowadays latch onto a sport and they're going to watch the Super Bowl because it's the Super Bowl. doesn't matter who's playing. They really love football. Whereas mm-hmm. some of those people may watch, you know, StarCraft because they don't care about who's playing. They're just love StarCraft. There's a new generation of people who are willing to watch a personality and be much more invested in whatever that person plays, regardless of if they like playing that thing or not. And so mm-hmm. these personal yeah. brands are starting to be, I mean, Jordan is definitely kind of a breakout instance of that, but taking that Mm -hmm. to the next level and supporting him 
not just through golf and baseball and basketball, but also like chess and checkers and tic-tac-toe and like, you know, and and being just as invested, not watching it for like a, an ironic sort of thing, but because they love that person as a brand. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that you, you know, you definitely see that now with modern sports stars, not to go on a tangent about sports, but you no, know, again, yeah. like LeBron James and there's other athletes as well. But, you know, LeBron is a basketball player, but he also has a, a show on HBO called The Shop that is just a, a, a show with like maybe five or six people. And they just kind of have a roundtable discussion, kind of like a podcast type of format. It's just an open ended conversation between whoever happens to be there. Usually there are other celebrities or athletes or whatever. Right. Um, and yeah. And I mean, uh, Case in point, I watch that because I know who LeBron is through basketball, but I'm consuming his video talk show content that has nothing to do with him being a basketball player. You know, right? So, there's a lot of stand-up uh, comedians that have podcasts, and there's a lot of rappers that have Twitch channels now. Like a lot of mm-hmm. rappers, you know, play video games on Twitch as like subsidizing their income, just diversifying mm-hmm. the brand. I think people as brands is not necessarily a new thing for sure, um, mm-hmm. but owning their own owning themselves as their brand is is something that like jordan you know had a lot of say but a a lot of the sports stars don't own themselves as their brand they're usually partnered with other companies like a nike or a wheaties or something right and they have a lot of control over that but they i mean it isn't until recently where they started producing their own like uh, there well, are a lot of yeah. YouTubers and Twitchers that are that are starting to produce like their own hair care line or their own nail polish <laughs> or their own candles or whatever. That's I their brand. Article, I just read an article where a Twitch streamer uh, chick sold her bathwater for yep. I don't know how much. So much it's a, like thirty dollars for bath water. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like I mean, weird. That's, that's not Super necessarily a, a new thing. There's been people selling pieces of clothing for years and going for ridiculous prices but branding it i think is kind of new like calling it a brand and giving it a trademark name and yeah it's the the internet's a weird place (laughs) kind of one and i don't it doesn't have to be the final thought but at least you know uh another thought i should say i guess is um do you think that you currently play spend more time playing games or watching stuff about games, I would, whether that be informational or streams or whatever all the stuff we've talked about i would say a hundred percent watch and wow. that is somewhat unfair only in so far as it relates to my ability to play versus watch like i have a job that affords me more time to take five minute 10 minute you know breaks to watch something where if Mm. i if i play something i prefer to play like if i sit down and play a game i want to play for at least an hour right let's so let's let's try and define it a little more narrowly then let's say just in in the evening when you have just free time like there's no other constraint i probably still watch more than i play and I think yeah. that's that tends to be I tend to be so picky with what games really like I have to just be consumed by a game like we've had that conversation a ton um, and you may have to talk about it more in another episode. But 
if I'm not completely just immersed in a game, I'll fall out of it very quickly. But for some reason, I can enjoy other people's immersion. Like I've, I really have probably watched at least an hour of StarCraft every night for the last at least four weeks. Yeah. And I've probably played there. I've been days where I've played more than I've watched, but I would say if it had to like sum the total, it's definitely more watch than play. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, so that there would be where, you know, the, a, a, a difference or whatever you want to say, where we definitely fall on other sides. I 100% play more than I watch. Um, I would say it's not even close because honestly, most of the non playing video game content that I consume. So if I'm not playing, but, but, you know, whether it be watching or reading or whatever is actually mostly reading. Um, I read, you know, game reviews and just articles about it and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know why that is. It's, it's not, I don't know. I guess it's well, because I mean, with like writing. Like that, I, there's definitely nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. I, I've read, I read quite a few articles myself. I think I still prefer to, to watch for entertainment. I would say that I definitely prefer to read for information though. There's a lot of times where I'm like, especially when I'm wanting like a review or an analytical like analysis of something, I'm like, stop with the video. Can I just find a paragraph? Like, can somebody write yeah. like, 10 words? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that, it, but I honestly, I think that that probably boils down to, as I think about it more that I just have trusted sources when it comes to reading where it's like, okay, I know I can go there and, and I'll like generally what they've got. And like I said earlier, I just, I struggle to, to know where that is anymore with, with gaming, which to some extent is laziness on my own part, because I also don't want to go out and find, you know, these things. It, it's like when I talked about trying to find an Overwatch team and it's this nightmare dating experience where you just play with <laughs> randoms and it sucks. That's kind I mean, of what it true. feels there's, like trying to find a, a streamer. Well, and even, even finding trusted articles, there have been a ton of times where it's like either you get, one one paragraph that's the most obvious captain obvious of things ever like that is just the title of the article written in paragraph form or that's mm-hmm. six pages to say nothing like right. like you you find yourself on the third or fourth page reading just cuz now you're committed and you go wait a minute they've not made any there's nothing valid there's no substance here at all and that's just as frustrating you know Agreed. Agreed. Well, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of exploring, uh, you know, what all encapsulates streaming. And, you know, we talked about it kind of being streaming versus game versus playing. And I don't know that that's really what shook out of this. So fun conversation. So I do want to, I do want to hit on one other topic, which is it's not rare, but it's definitely not as popular. And that's things like Twitch integration. Have you, seen or played with anything that had twitch integration in it because i think that's where some games are starting to get into this and so for like instance uh, cluster truck is a pretty big example of this where uh, cluster truck is kind of like a, a first person uh, almost like an endless runner platformer where you jump on top of these trucks that are moving through a course and there's particle physics where you know the trucks are ramming into each other and ramming into the level and falling over and flying apart and there's lots of you know dodging and jumping and dipping and diving to try to get to the end of the level right but it's on like a okay. linear path well mm-hmm. it, the twitch integration of it is that 
um, either the, the most popular stuff is when the devs do it because the devs hook up Twitch integration. And so if somebody's playing Cluster Truck on Twitch live, the devs can log into Twitch and start taking control of that person's game. So the devs come in mm. and they're like, hey, we're the devs. And the person's like, ah, ha, ha, I don't believe you because everybody can be anybody on the internet, right? And they're like, no, really, mm -hmm. watch. What's your favorite color? And they're like, whatever, purple. And on the back end, the devs are able to, for their specific session of the game, turn all the trucks purple. Hmm. And so all of a sudden the player freaks out because they're like, oh my God, what just happened? Because they don't expect, they don't know it's going to happen. Right. They don't give a, they're not warned. And then the devs can do things like turn zero gravity on or fire missiles at the player or do stuff. And then hmm. other examples of this are where the crowd is able, so like where anybody in chat is able to influence somebody's game. There are some games that are made specifically for this. Other games have plugins where, you know, the there was an adventure game. I don't remember the name of it now, but like you entered a room. So like when you start the game, anybody that's in chat has to type like exclamation mark one to join the game, right, as a chat member. Mm -hmm. And then when the player moves into like the first room, like it's a, a sideways platformer, they move into the first room and it has three choices on, on the background of the wall that says like, what weapon should I have? Bow and arrow, sword, or bazooka, right? And it's like one, two, and three. And there's a countdown timer of like 10 seconds. And anybody can enter a number into chat that has, you know, quote unquote, logged in as a player. Mm -hmm. And whatever the, whenever the votes are tallied, that's the item that the player will get. So it's this, it's this way for a chat room or a third-party player to influence a game, but also not they're playing the game, but they're playing the game from a different perspective than the person that's they're playing the meta game, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the actual player that's in the hot seat is playing, you know, the standard game, and everybody in chat is playing this kind of secondary participation game, where they can in make decisions that affect the game, but they can't actually play it. And right. yeah. I, that type of stuff I'm starting to see, it's becoming more popular and it's, it's really interesting way to involve a massive number of people in telling a collaborative story together. I mean, that's really what it is. It's, it's a way for 2000 people to help tell a story with a, a narrator in essence, like one other person. Right. Yeah, that is really interesting. It's not the same, but it reminds me, and I don't know if it still happens or not, but there was a, a few years where there was this phenomenon or fad or whatever you want to call it, um, where it was just Twitch plays insert game. And there was right, that no is, that's, other That's player. where some of that came from. Yeah. Right. Like Twitch plays Pokemon that was, was probably the most famous of those. I, I mean, they did some crazy ones though. Like Pokemon is interesting, but they did like Twitch plays Dark Souls. Like they did Twitch plays like action real-time games and beat them um <laughs> it's such a such a mess <laughs> like <laughs> i know i know i mean it took them a long time but they did it i'm sure um, <laughs> right yeah i would have no patience yeah i mean talking about you know when the chat rooms are really busy that's another thing that's a huge turnoff for me is like to join one of the popular streams i don't understand what the purpose of the chat even is because it's just a non-stop scroll of just weird emojis that I don't understand and people shouting catchphrase or, you know, shouting, but typing catchphrases. And I, I, I don't get it at all. And then someone will put like a real question and I, 
have no idea if it gets answered or not away, because I can't keep push. up. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, the, the streamers that I watch for entertainment, I watch full screen with chat just off to the side. Like, I don't care about it. But there right. are some, like, the smaller streamers, like, that are promoting a game that I like or that are into, like, the really niche areas. You don't have as many people in chat and therefore you don't have that scrolling chat you much you have a much more community like a discord based area where there's maybe a dozen people half of them are are silent lurkers and the other half know everybody you know so it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to jump in and ask questions or talk to there are times where i've talked to just other chat members and ignored the streamer (laughs) you know like because wanting to get information about the game or information about the streamer or something you know and and then you know or directly interacting with the streamer and having every single comment that i put in read out by the streamer and interfaced with or talked about and granted Mm -hmm. i definitely prefer like doing something like this where we're both on a you know like doing a podcast or a phone call i generally i i do text but i probably talk on the phone more than i text um you know, so I prefer that, but it's interesting to do it in chat with somebody that's in, you know, another country or completely on the other side of the world. Like, I still find that yeah. amusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For but sure. but I agree. I think I think Twitch plays is underutilized in the power that it has to play games from a new perspective. Like, where an MMO required everybody to have their own avatar there can just as easily be an MMO where everybody controls one player. And I think that that it would be really interesting for a dev to release a game that only had like that had ridiculous amounts of choice, like a, like a, like a KOTOR or something, right? Like a a big RPG, but the only way to interface with it would be through a single channel. Like there was one Twitch stream that's the only place you could go to view or play the game and you had to play it cooperatively with a million people. Yeah. I think that could be really interesting. Yeah. I think there's definitely interesting possibilities. I think it's all in the end, it just gets tied back into, (laughs) can you monetize it? You know, how do you, how do you, how do you spend enough time on that so that it's really high quality and interesting. And at the same time, know that you're not going to, you know, lose yourself on the investment that you had to make to, to produce it. So Time will tell uh, how yeah, these things sure. will, will unfold. I don't know. Any other topics well, I think, that you I think to, to bring up at all? No, I think that's that was the end of it. That was the last bit that I had. I just wanted to bring that up because it is an cool. interesting mer- – there's there's the two points, the two viewpoints, and yeah. there's just kind of this merger of them together. So. Yeah, no, the, I agree. The I think that's diagram. A- yeah, I think that you're. No, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think. That, I think honestly, I just don't have that much experience with it, so I'm not able to. to That's fair. Uh, all the thoughts that you had on it, I would agree with. Um, and I think it is. I think it's. I think it's. We're constantly going to see the way that games are played, and and the way that the streaming directly influences gaming, kind of like we talked about with speedruns, or even this, where it's more directly, you know, just connected one to one. I think those things will continue to happen. Uh, and the reason I say the thing I did about money isn't because I, I mean to say that it's not possible. I just mean it'll be interesting to see how people figure out how to do that and make money at it because those things will also influence one another. You know, I mean, um, there's a lot of connectivity for in some of the the Twitch integrated games where you can buy tokens 
as a chat participant and spend them on giving the player extra lives or taking away lives. And so you have almost like bidding wars starting to happen where one player gives the streamer a life by spending 25 cents and another player Mm -hmm. spends 25 cents to take that life away. Now you've got a bidding war and it's almost like the microtransactions are external to the game and the player has no control over them. Like wow. that could get you get a thousand people in chat and you have real microtransactions like 10, 15, 20 cents, but offer them packs of coins for five, ten, twenty dollars. People are gonna spend a lot of money on that. I so, can't tell if I'll ever get to a place where I'm comfortable with those types of transactions. I mean, I, not that I've never done microtransactions, I have, but it's something that I and it's weird because I'm willing to throw away money on full copies of games all day long yeah uh i have a huge library of games that i've never even played so it's not that i'm not wasting money on gaming or something or that i would am trying to be critical of people who do microtransactions because again i'm i'm doing a similar thing in a different way as far as the, the actual dollar figure but when it comes to microtransactions and i think it's just you know because of my age maybe and, and how i've grown up with gaming i don't know microtransactions i just I'm- always look at very wearily I'm definitely in that same boat, but I also know that the easier it is to troll somebody, the more likely it is to happen. And when you then monetize that trolling by telling somebody, (laughs) like if I told you, if you give me 10 cents, that person over there that's walking down the street will slip and fall in that puddle. Like, you're like, I got 10 cents to burn. Sure. Let's see what happens. And and then it happens. Now now you're (laughs) in. And it's like, well, you could pay 10 cents for any person that sl- that walks by to slip in that puddle, or you can pay me 25 cents and, you know, uh, they'll get picked up by a velociraptor and jumped over the puddle. Like, right. And then you're, you're hooked. And so now you're already hooked. And, and whereas I definitely am not the kind of person that's as interested in doing that, I can see the appeal, especially for trolling. Right. When trolling, because they don't. You know, there are some people who like stream snipe or they try to join the same game just to screw right. that player up or something. But if you don't even have to go that far, you just give me 10 cents and I'll screw up the player remotely. Like that's right. that's a juicy bargain deal for a troll. <laughs> that's true. That's so true. I don't know. It's it, it'll be interesting to see where things go in another few years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been a really fun uh, conversation, again, kind of about streaming and and playing and how those two kind of things interact. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, earlier I'd asked you if you think that you watch or play more and you said that you think you watch more now and I kind of fall on the other side. But I think I think there's a huge amount of people that are on on your side of that line where they watch way more games than they play. Uh, And I think that's. That that's kind of why I was talking about it with esports earlier. I think as as we continue to move forward, that part of the culture is going to become more and more prevalent because there's just a lot of people that did it. And it's honestly, it's born, you know, in, in our case, it's born out of preference. But for the younger generation, it's born out of of access. They don't have a hundred dollars a month to spend on games if they want to buy games. You know what I mean? So if you want to see a lot of different games, that's the easiest way to do it is to go watch videos of it. Um, yeah, but that just means so, that yeah. uh, that you've got a lot more room to become the next ninja, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and I'm going to be. That's what I'm shooting it, for. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the next ninja. I'll be the next PewDiePie. PewDiePie too. There right you here, go. Folks. Have, yeah. have an exiting catchphrase. <laughs> uh, well, 
It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening. It's been another episode of Pick Up Your Sticks. Have a good one. Catchphrase. Everything in this shed, starting with those. Okay, gotta fix all of these. That, that'll be so easy. This needs some love for sure. Definitely that. True DIYers see projects everywhere. From repainting patio furniture to repurposing an old light fixture. For all of those to-dos, trust Krylon Fusion All-in-One Paint and Primer Spray Paint. It bonds to difficult surfaces and gives you maximum rust protection with no sanding or priming. And that's that. Krylon. Today we spray.